Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yellow. It's a sport of take three. Yes, that's right. Take three. Uh, my fault this time. Uh, it's me, Brandon. John's here. Hi, John. I, I, I want to sing the hockey song by Stompin' Tom Connors, but I'm just going to go ahead and not do that. But it's hockey season. I'm okay. happy. Well, thank you for your uh, restraint. Uh, Stu's here, too. <laughs> you know, there were some wise asses back in December who um, were just razzing us about ha- putting out like three podcasts in two and a half weeks. And I really hope you enjoyed your 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 sacred landslide of content because it's been a fucking month. So, <laughs> but we're back, baby. It's been kind of a kind of a long month. Oh, not gonna lie, yeah, kind right. of a long month. Very much so. Um, I believe uh, we we do not have uh, chicken fingers sixty nine here tonight. Chicken's nothing out. nothing to do with the events of last Wednesday. I think he just got a hockey game. <laughs> uh, so. We did get a lot of questions. We did. If he was involved. As a, the so Viking far, guys, no proof. The, that Viking guy, he had really hairy arms. Was that? Was that chicken? No, that was not him. <laughs> Honestly, we really, while youth sports were not allowed to be happening, we really should have recorded an episode every other day. That was our just only to hope. enjoy the company mm-hmm. of our friend Chicken. He gone. Because now you sports start again. He's he he's disappeared. Really, we really need that British variant of the coronavirus to kick in hard to get him back. I think that's going to be what <laughs> that's, that's going to be what does it. <laughs> that's the silver home. lining that's we're all looking for. Exactly. More people sick in our hospitals overflow, but by God, we're going to have more chicken fingers content. <clears throat> Worth it. Uh, we're going to talk wild. We're going to talk wolves. We're going to talk about a proposed DH idea that I'm angry about, uh, maybe a little bit of dad life. Uh, but we're going to start with the Minnesota Vikings. We know that we love to start with our beloved pigskin. Mm-hmm. They're, they're done. They're uh, done. Yet another, sh- <laughs> yet another shitty, disappointing, hovering around 500 season from our beloved Mike Zimmer. I'm tired of it, but uh, Stu, do you have any takes, thoughts? Boy, was that just kind of a very 2020 football season. Just a grinding disappointment. Took years. With minimal optimism and maximum dread. Just, I mean, it was a perfect perfect type of season for the year. Um, Yeah. At no point was any of it fun. No. Not to watch, not to be a part of, I assume. 
Yeah. Just an absolute joyless, yeah, a slog. miserable ride. Just a slog. It was. It's no, like a non-haunted hayride. It's like they got to five and six, and it's like, <laughs> oh, hey, there are five and six. Good. But, you know. You had, uh, like, one week of hope, maybe, when they it's could been. have won. Had to, right? <laughs> Sorry. It's been. That's right. But that's, I mean, they were miserable at the start. For sure. So for the first six, eight weeks was was worthless. A little bit of hope, a little bit of like, I bet Paul Allen, how many weeks was he excited? Week one, week nine, week 11, something like that. Even Paul Allen probably didn't like this that much. I think when they beat the Packers at Lambeau, that is the best team in the NFC. And they beat him fairly handily despite not being as good. Um yeah, that was, I think, the high point of the Paul Allen optimism train, if I had to guess. So it was certainly for me. Cause just seeing... I did not know that we did that. Yeah, no, it was a, a <laughs> Delvin, Delvin Cook. Definitely the high yeah. point of Brandon's season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four touchdowns uh, by Delvin Cook, if I remember right. Yeah, it was a good, it was a legitimately a good game, but it was definitely an aberration. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's good when bad things happen to Green Bay, but, and I was rare uh-huh. for that to happen. So that was a that was a good thing. Sorry, dogs being a pain in the ass. Um, no, it's I fine. think, uh, but the other overall, it was just I mean, shit, man. I mean, that was a horrible football team by the end. They had two mm-hmm. good defensive players, and then one of them got hurt, so they only had the one. And mm-hmm. it was I don't know if you guys it was a did you guys celebrate Christmas this year? On yes. my own. Yeah, the Vikings played a football game on Christmas Day. And Oh, I is that the day that, that uh, I had Alvin Kamara in the playoffs? That was my yeah, favorite yeah. game of the whole season. Yeah, I played against him. That was that amazing. It was, oh, it was, yeah. It Not was great brutal. for you. No, it was bad. It was all bad. And uh, Yeah. So that, I think, yeah, that was a, it was about what we deserved. And still, I think by the end of the season... Uh, somehow it worked out that if they had just beaten Chicago at home, that was a the terrible football game before the New Orleans game. Um, they mm-hmm. almost won, but they didn't. And if they had won that game, I think it was like a three-point loss, uh, they would have gone to the playoffs. They and, now played, and they would have played against New they, Orleans at New Orleans where they won a playoff game last year. So the Alvin Kamara game would have happened in the playoffs this year. So. It was a very Just bad extra year pain. for NFC football, basically. A terrible team with terrible fans from a terrible city is the number one seed, and the rest of the uh, conference sucks. So it's not great. Yeah. I took a, a brief look at the uh, matchups for this weekend, which I think we'll get into in a couple minutes, but I wanted to ask you before we do that and move on to the broader NFL what really bums me out about this year is it was a worthless slog of a year, and also they're just going to bring the same team back next year, mm-hmm. right? Is Spielman or Zimmer on the on the hot seat at all? No, Seems like no they were not bad enough to make no. to justify that. that there's sucks, no con- there's no consequences for Zimmer or Spielman. Or Cousins will be back, right? Um. I mean, Spielman's got to get fired at some point, doesn't he? You would think. I mean, but he drafted Justin Jefferson. He drafted the rookie of the year. So, which is well, much better than what Zimmer did with his defense this year. So, 
And I'm not saying that to stick up for Spielman. He should have been fired for the Christian Ponder pick. So, but yep. you know, at least he showed up at the. That office was like a hundred year, years ago. Did now. not show up. Flat out. We also need. I also feel the need to remind people that he also traded up to get corduroy pantsuit, like a bunch of picks. Oh yeah, just bad. He's- and he also traded up to get Blair Walsh, didn't he? <laughs> and, and I think Kari Vedvik. The. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's yeah, it's. He should have been fired with Klaus like five years ago. It's not so. going to happen, though. I no, it's think. not. There, again, yeah, there's no consequences for this team. It's fine. So worst case, the red ass, next year they could be seven and nine. Drafts. It's yeah, they'll be seven, nine, yep. eight, and eight. Yep. Just forever. Just forever. the worst. Just a gray line on the horizon. Mm. The Minnesota Wild of the National Football League. Oh. Okay, well, that's that's very depressing. I was afraid of that, and uh, you confirmed all of my all of my fears about how shitty it has been and is going to be. Well, that sucks. Um, I was looking at the playoff schedule uh, this weekend, and I you know, I like to adopt teams temporarily in the playoffs just to give me something fun to do. It's a very common thing for us super fans, uh, but I can't even try to think of one of the NFC teams that I want to go to the Super Bowl. Now, first off, we've got the Rams versus yes. Green Bay. That's, that's an want, obvious that's Rams, right? Yes, yeah, Rams. That's why I want to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay. I guess the Rams. That's Yeah. Jesus. That's it's easy. That's yeah, it's the easiest call of the weekend. That's the only team that I want to win this weekend. But do you don't do you is there something you like I guess Aaron Donald's cool? Um, Aaron Donald's cool, and they're playing against the team that's bad. Yep. So they're just like the least evil because yes. the other two teams in the NFC are Tampa Bay and New Awful. Orleans. Yeah, and New Orleans is almost oh. – New Orleans might be worse than Green Bay, honestly. I know that's a They're up there. It's no, real close. No, you no, could no. justify they're really it. They're really bad, John. You could. We they're don't like really those bad. guys. Well, could you you could talk, but are you going to root for Tampa Bay in the game though? Because you could talk yourself into a little bit of Antoine Winfield, Tyler Johnson action if you felt like it. If yeah. you really wanted to go there, it wouldn't take you too long to to get yourself hyped for the motherfucking Tampa Bay Bucks, mm-hmm. right? You got to want it for sure. It's not going to come natural. You're going to have to work for it, but I think you could probably get there. That's who I think I'm going to be rooting for. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Jesus, Boy, even saying just... that out loud, I just I don't even know. I got like the like the chills. I got the shame chills. I don't even know that those were a thing, but it happened. I can't imagine watching a... Tom Brady and being like, cool. There's just a real strong argument for turning the television off. There is. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, the Sunday night game. Come on. What am I going to do on Sunday Christ. night? Spend time with my family? No. There's basketball out on Sunday, isn't there? There you go. There we go. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's the move. Turn the TV off and watch basketball. Okay. But the other thing that's interesting to me is I really like all four AFC teams a lot. So the first game is Baltimore-Buffalo. Now, I guess I can't say that I like Buffalo a ton, but they do have Steve Diggs, who we love, fan of the podcast. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, and our one of our best pals, Dana has adopted Buffalo, and I love when Dana's happy. So that makes sense to me to to jump on the old Buffalo bandwagon. However, they are playing the Baltimore Ravens, 
and I like watching Lamar Jackson a lot. That's the that looks like the most fun game of the weekend. Super fun from an aesthetic level. I think that's the most fun game of the weekend. I feel like there's some Lamar Jackson haters who they're probably right that he's not a great passer at times, but I still kind of like him proving people wrong. That's fun to me. You're looking at like the two most proven wrong quarterbacks in the same game because Josh Allen was supposed to be a bust. And yes, totally. Over like the last year and a half, turned into a top five quarterback basically out of nowhere. Totally. He was at Wyoming, right? Yeah. And he got drafted because he was like a six foot five white guy with a cannon arm, but he had no like discernible, you know, like yep. he was really raw coming out of the draft. And yeah. he's, he was Dan. He was white. Cam Newton. Yeah. Dan McGuire. Yeah. But he's one of those like dorks who turned out to be actually good. It's kind of a weird like he's it's 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 going to be a fun game. None of us saw it coming. But no. are you going to. OK, so Stu, who are you going to be rooting for? Um, Buffalo. Yeah. I get it. John, what about you? Buffalo. Art Modell can rot in hell. (laughs) Okay, and then the other Sunday game, and this is at 2 o'clock on Sunday, I think. Uh, 2 or 1, doesn't matter. Uh, Cleveland and Kansas City. I'm super bummed because these are my two favorite teams left in the playoffs. Cleveland, just because just sad sack, biggest losers on the planet, and as a Wolves fan, I love huge losers. Um, and then I just, I mean, obviously I've talked enough about how fun it is to watch Patrick Mahomes. That's a hot take for you. Uh, so those are my two favorites. So I'm going to be conflicted, but Kansas City is going to win by 40. So it probably doesn't really matter a whole lot. Yeah, probably. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland gave up 500 yards passing to big fat Ben Roethlisberger. So. I feel like Mahomes could throw for as many as he actually just wanted. Well, I mean, they were behind good 28 to nothing, Brandon. True. Prevent defense for yeah. three and a half quarters does tend to. But I think yeah. they've had they've had a fair amount of injuries on that defense, so it is going to be tough. They've got Miles Garrett, who is awesome, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not a lot else right now that I can think of off the top of my head. I know they have some COVID issues as well. I mean, their coach, former Viking and handsome man Kevin Stefanski. Had to watch the game in his basement last week. I was so happy watching the Browns just piss pound the Steelers until the shot of the head coach, and it was Mike Prefer. Yeah, that was gross. And I was like, God. But, 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 then, Almost. They saw, then they got the picture of Big Ben sobbing on the bench at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was still uh, very fun, just not quite as pure of a no, of a love that I had. Well, we before don't. There's I saw not, him. no such thing as a pure victory in this day and age. You know no. that, Brandon. That's right. No, it's yeah. You're we live right. in a, I didn't. we live in a fallen world, and that's okay. It's flawed. Yep, it's flawed. It's but flawed. yeah, Kansas City's probably. And I mean, if you want to take the long view on it, Kansas City is obviously the the checkmate in case Green Bay advances to the Super Bowl. We need Kansas City right. on that wall because we don't. We can't have the the Black Swan event. We can't have it. <laughs> we cannot. No. We cannot. No. Everything in our power. Just the most insufferable fucking franchise and fan base. We can't have it. Can't. Just hundreds I of thousands of people who think they're on the roster. Yes. And they have nothing better don't. in their lives to celebrate. No. No, and as, a, as a lifelong Los Angeles Rams fan, obviously, I'm also very attached of course. To, to my Rams. Yep. 
So. Yep. You've always loved John Wolford. John Wolford from um, the American Football Association. I, I want to say, oh, God, who was his head coach in that like six-month-long league? Let's say Jim Fossil or just one of those like, yeah. like early 90s head coaches that always wore a windbreaker on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's who the I, most. Who am I think? Who was the coach the... for New Orleans before Sean Payton? Is it Aaron Jim Brooke. Haslett or something like that? Just always. He's the guy that looked like Steve from 90210, right? Yes. Always looked like the guy who's going to dispute a $2 charge at Target. He would have the receipt <laughs> out yelling at somebody. And it was that that's what Jim Haslett always looked like. And oh, God. And I hope I got the name right there. Wade, so you're going to be so happy that you have something to fact check. I'm giving you this, Wade. But anyway, he was John Wolford's coach. One of those guys was. Gotcha. Yeah, you've always been a huge fan. You never stop mm-hmm. believing. I don't stop believing. Nope. Okay, that's our that's my pigskin content. Do you guys have anything oh. else? No. Wow, we did 16 minutes on football. I did not think that was going to last that 16 long. I'm proud minutes. of us. No, you're you're so good. You have so much football takes to give you don't even realize it yeah let's move on i want to talk about the minnesota wild mostly i want to talk about them next because i also know that we want to talk about the timberwolves and i don't want to talk about the timberwolves so let's start with the wild (laughs) uh jonathan you're our resident well dr puck and mr crease we know our shit so we want to give you the floor to talk a little bit about the wild what do you got well my goal here is to get both of you excited about the Wild this year. Oh, and boy. Stu, I, I, I think I'll have an easier time with Stu, because Stu is a St. Paul guy through and through now. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more there's nothing more St. Paul than going to Cassetta before a Wild game, getting a couple slices of pizza and a beer, and then walking down West 7th to get to the Excel Center. Nothing more St. Paul except for maybe a restaurant that's closing at 7.30 because nobody's there. That's the most St. Paul things. Oh, I would also um, argue using the original cassetta and not making it plural is a super St. Paul thing to do, John. Props, respect, I see you working, and I appreciate it. I just can't talk, Brandon. That's really the only problem here. No, I think you got it right, but, actually. So for, for Stu, for Stu, I think this is easy. Stu is a St. Paul guy. He loves the wild. But Brandon, I know... I know that you struggle. Correct. I do want to back up. I do want to back up for a minute and note that this week uh, Brandon was out uh, out skating with the kids because that's what you do in the winter. You go skating with the kids. And at the same time, Stu was drinking some strong beers. And so Brandon got called some horrible names via text message. And that, I'll invite I Stu to sprinkle them in liberally this, throughout this conversation. Sure I, I honestly don't <laughs> think that's what happened. No, oh, it was it was yeah, just genuinely delightful. I have the receipts. I it was <laughs> it was horrifying. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I was just celebrate. Yeah. I was just happy about the hockey, and you were not. Yeah, all right. I so here's what I'm going to tell you, Brandon. This has not been true for the Wild for 153 years. Never true, but it's true this year. There's hope. There's hope coming down the pipeline. There's young kids coming down the pipeline. And I know how much you love unproven, unfounded hope. That's why based I love on the Timberwolves. Prospects coming through. You love the Timberwolves. 
you love any team that has a lot of draft picks. The Wild have a lot of draft picks now. Ooh. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try here. Uh, we're finally gonna see uh, Kirill Kaprizov in a Wild jersey. He's a Russian goof, and I know how much you love Russia. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm a Russian agent. You're, so yeah, you're a big. You're a big Kaprizov guy. Um, Kevin Fiala is like 23 and he makes a lot of goofy TikToks with his girlfriend. And I know how much you love TikTok, right? You're a TikTok guy. Wow, I do. I love the TikTok. Yeah, okay. because you're 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 young. You like you like the youth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> then I was starting to run out of ideas here. You got Nick Bugstad, who's like 37 years old, but he loves going on the boat, and he's from Minnesota. And you love going on the boat, and you're from Minnesota. He's also the next door neighbor of a friend of mine. So that's really? Cool. Yep. Yeah. So you love Nick Bugstad. I have. So to. you're all in on Bugstad. Uh-huh. And then they they traded for um, a center from Nashville named Nick Benino. And today I went because I was trying to find I was trying to find a hook for you, Brandon. I was trying to find something to get you excited. Mm-hmm. And so I went and found Nick Benino's Twitter account and. I, I read it for a while, and I'm not even convinced he's a real person now. I think he's just the human embodiment of every hockey cliche ever. He's just out there. He, he's working for the team. It's about it's about the team, Brandon. It's all about he's the just team. Just working hard. Yep. Yeah. Fighting through injuries, battling, yep. teeth missing. Love it. And they have a new goaltender named Cam Talbot. Cam Ooh. Talbot. Our good friend Wade has started calling Cal Cambot, and now I can't remember what his name is at any moment. Cal Cambot. Cal Tambot. Cal okay. Cambot. What's his name? Kyle. I've forgotten Cambot. already. I've I've completely lost the ability to remember. Kyle what his name Cambria. Is. A lot of K's. Yeah. A lot of K sounds here. A lot of stuff. Know. Yeah. Yeah. They they do actually have another goaltender who's the backup guy who was the goaltender of the year in the American League last year. Uh who, who's both of his names start with K as well. So they oh got Kaprizov and Capo Kakinen. My God. Kakinen. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that one. So they got a lot of youth, and I want you to get on board because it's time for youth. Just like your guys, the young, up-and-coming, fresh-faced players you love throughout the NHL, like... Austin Matthews, number Austin one guy. Austin Matthews. <laughs> 34 years old now in his 14th year in the no, league. Oh, no, no, no. Second year guy, Austin Matthews. This guy's going to be good. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, John... I, I remember when we assigned you Austin Matthews as the player to know, which was like seven years ago now. That's the only one. I... That's, that's in the long-term memory, and nothing else made it past short-term. Yep. That's it. Just Austin Matthews. Austin uh, Matthews. John, my guy. first order of business here is I do know that the young guy that you named first is supposed to be an excellent player. Um, can you tell me his name again? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Karen Carpenter. Okay. Can we please, and you may have just, I was going to be my first question. We need to give him a new name. I was going to suggest Kevin Klein, but uh, Karen Carpenter. No, I think, I think the goaltender is probably Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is the goaltender and Karen, Kevin Carpenter... Klein is the backup goaltender. Okay. Karen Carpenter is, I'm going to have trouble remembering this. So Karen Carpenter is, uh, how old? Uh, Karen Carpenter is, which one was Karen Carpenter? 23. Okay. 23. Right. So not a total spring chicken here, but no, 
But they also, they also Brandon, they, they have a guy named Marco Rossi who they just drafted. He's 18 years old. Uh, he's actually not playing to start the year because he suffered the dreaded upper body injury in training mm. camp, which is kind of a shame because it Stab? looked like... Is that what that means? <laughs> I mean, my worry is in these times that he's got myocarditis or whatever and will never mm-hmm. play hockey again. But right. um, So you've got... I, it was... It was interesting because it really it really looked like they were sort of saving him a spot, which is not something you necessarily do with a 18-year-old guy from Austria that you could send back to juniors, but it looked like they were going to at least give him a shot to start the year and the the way I can tell that is because they they apart from him on the roster who presumably would have been the first or second line center, they really have three third-line centers and a guy who shouldn't be on the ice playing center. Hmm. And so it, it's a little confusing because now they have to play Bugstad and Bonino, both of whom would be pretty solid third-line centers on the first and second lines. You um, lost me know. in the tactics here. I'm totally we'll – see, I'm we'll out see again. what happens, but it – it seemed at least somewhat clear that they were that they were hoping Rossi would come in this year, which would have been right up your alley. Teenage guy, yep. doesn't speak all that good of English. He's from Austria, okay. you know, noted hockey power Austria. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo from Austria. Mark I, Ruffalo I, I from Austria. Yeah. So this uh, this Karen Carpenter guy uh, is he like supposed to be? top 10 guy in a league could be an MVP or is it like, he's just going to be a real solid, a solid player. Is he, solid is he a player, Luke Robitaille? I've... Is he an Alex Ovechkin? Is he uh one of your Jeremy Roenick types? What would you comp uh... him to? Give me a comp. <laughs> I love your potential <laughs> comps right there. I'm trying to think of another guy who's five foot nine and 205 pounds. He's, okay, so he's, he's Pierre Marc Bouchard like a, plus seventy five pounds. Yeah, Pierre Marc Bouchard if he was carrying another Pierre Marc Bouchard <laughs> on his back. So two Pierre Marc Bouchards. Yep, hey, wearing a trench coat. Not bad. I like it. Okay, so <laughs> let's say they've been something like a four through eight seed, pretty much the entirety of their existence. Where do you see them this year? Is well, this here's the year, the or is this a future team? Because I love what that. Has happened, what has happened this year is most people that I read don't think the Wild are going to be all that good. But because of COVID, they've put all of the Canadian teams into one division and split the other, the American teams, into geographically nonsensical divisions that have the Wild playing in the Western division. And the thing about the Western Division is that there are three good teams and very possibly the four worst teams in the whole league besides mm. the Wild in the Western Division. So most of the most of the smart guys I read were were basically saying, well, the Wild might be the 23rd best team in the league, but they're probably still going to make the playoffs because Arizona and they're in the NFC all of East. the teams from California are terrible. NFCs, yes. Okay. That's great. So the top four teams from this new made-up division will advance. Is that right? We'll make the playoffs. That's correct. Okay. All right. We're and three s- of those teams will likely be Vegas and Colorado and St. Louis, and then there's a spot open for a bad team. And most of the smart guys are saying, well, I guess it's probably the Wild. So so this year, if everything 
goes pretty decent, we could be the Washington R words of hockey. Right. <laughs> the right. it's the Minnesota hockey team. That's the that's where they are this year. Minnesota which actually hockey. would be a major improvement on their actual name, so Yeah. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, that would be a win. It's cheeky. Minnesota hockey team from now on. MHT. Well, John, uh, I need to think about this a little bit more. I love Karen Carpenter and Mark Ruffalo. You really got me on board there. I was hoping for a little bit more of a cleaned house thing that you were going to tell me, that everybody well, was gone. It's all new blood. Is there? Has that happened? They traded about as many guys as they could trade. Okay, okay. They dumped Eric Stahl, who had... <laughs> We talked about it at the time. It was one of the more confusing trades where they dumped him for a guy who actually costs more and can't play center when they desperately needed centers. Mm. So trading a center for a wing didn't make a lot of sense at the time and still doesn't necessarily. But at some point it seemed pretty clear that the general manager, Bill Guerin, was going to trade just about anybody he could get rid of just to try to reboot this middling franchise, which... I, the decisions in in and of themselves might not make all that much sense, but when when you start looking at the wild overall, you, they, they had to do something. Right, they had to get rid of somebody, and you might have you might have looked at some of the guys that they got rid of and say, "Well, I, that guy was pretty good. I like that guy," but you have to trade somebody, and the <laughs> the league doesn't always want everybody else. Um, question so, question from here, John. Yes. Do they? Ha- how many of the old guys with the horribly long, expensive contracts do they still have on the team? One hundred percent of those guys. So, like, I, <laughs> they, I can, they can't trade those guys. They would trade those guys. So like, they I, can't trade those guys. Do they get an extra one? Like, I'm not gonna like walk down to like Casetas and get my slice of pizza and bump into like Sandus Ozelinch or something like that. He's not going to be Danny there. Heatley. Danny <laughs> oh, Heatley on hey, year 14 of his contract. Ziggy Palfy? I thought you died. <laughs> wow, it actually is Luke Robitaille. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they've got to be pretty. I mean, what do they have? Two, three, two years, three years maximum left on those contracts, John? Please? <laughs> uh, he asks hope. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, my God. Like I think he's just happy that I said Sandus. That I said Sandus Lynch. I think he's just happy. I, about I honestly that. don't know, but I think there's legitimately five years left on all those terrible <laughs> contracts. <laughs> wow! Oh. Did they change the rules after that? Because that was such a backbreaking thing. Or are you still allowed <laughs> oh, to sign people to 15 year contracts? It's even worse than that, Brandon. It's even worse, and I'll tell you how. So <laughs> they signed him to these enormously long 13 year contracts. And the league thought it was so stupid that they retroactively added a punishment so that if if either of those guys retires before their contract is up, the Wild basically will be in salary cap hell. Like, I think if Suter so or Parisi retires before the last year of their contract, just one year, they'll, be, they'll both be like 43 years old in the last con- year of their contract. If either of them retires that year... I think the Wild are on the hook for somehow they're going to have $43 million added to their salary cap in a league where $80 million is like the whole salary cap. So it's 
So I, they're going to be on the roster, is what you're saying. They could be living in a their villa in France, and they're still going to be on the roster. Yeah, they're going to be saying, oh, they'll be back any day. They're just on long-term injury right now, even though both of them have thrown away their skates and moved to the Bahamas <laughs> or whatever. But, oh, no, they're coming back any day, I swear. Just call them. Call them on the phone. Oh, yeah, they're flight tracker on their way. Yeah. Oof. So. Okay. Now, John, you mentioned these draft picks. Did they come upon extra draft picks or are you just saying they did a good job of drafting guys well they drafted guys that people had heard of this year which was a major improvement over the paul fenton era gotcha and now fenton was like uh just a super scout guy who refused to listen to anybody else he just thought he was too smart was that kind of the rap on him near as i can tell he was hockey david Kahn. whoa jesus cool i mean i didn't see that coming that's incredible you're gonna hear from his lawyers in one sense, that's not true because he had a job in hockey before the okay. Wild hired him. Okay, never he wasn't mind. A, you know, he wasn't covering the city council in Albuquerque <laughs> or whatever David Conn was doing. That's about right. That's incredible. I cannot believe we lived through that. It feels like right. it happened 75 years ago. But I think it happened in the lifespan of this podcast, didn't it? Probably. I don't know. It's impossible to check. Yeah. Oh, if no one there will ever way. know. Yeah. Nah. Real mystery. Well, John, um, that's getting me excited wow. about the wild a little bit more. Can you can you broaden the scope a little bit here and let's back out to about thirty thousand degrees um, and tell me a big picture, high level uh, summary of the N- the NHL as it stands. Is there any changes to the league this year that would make me more excited to just be a hockey fan um one player on every team for one game this season gets to put turbochargers on his skates and you'll have to watch every game to find out because they won't tell you in advance who or when brandon so study your television for real they did the turbo skates like i wow it's gonna be good man I knew yep. that was a good idea. You guys doubted so me. So you but... might want to you might want to just you might want to just get in there and watch. I'm telling you, some guy happen. is going to invent a new blade for their skates so that you never get tired playing hockey and you can just be out there the whole time. It's going to happen. It's going to well, happen. If they just is, have is like the, the stamina of an NBA player, it would be fine. Just try to That's try right. a little harder out. Hockey Lazy guys just fucks. try. Yeah, try. Look it up. Bunch of wusses. Yep. yep. It's not that hard. I could do it if I felt like it. Yeah. It's more about want to. Yeah. You got to have it. You got to have a little fire in your belly. And I don't know if anybody, any of them do. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Sad. Well, the Wild, the Wild took an idiotic penalty 70 seconds into the new season. So there we this go. is a new start. The new season starting. It's official. Yep, it's happening right now, and right now, the wild immediately around the penalty kill. Oh boy. Okay. Well, well I'm, I mean, I'm sorry I, to do this, I, John. I, go ahead, go ahead, Stu. I just I I had been texting with John earlier that I really thought the wild penalty penalty kill is going to be really good this season. That's right. That's such so, analysis it's the one, from Doctor. It's Puck. their main. It's their main strength. It's an early special time. teams. Yeah. Play to neutral. That's right. Well, John, I know I, that you I mean, want to pay attention to the wild, but I do. Yeah, I'll be want... on for the rest of the podcast. Okay, so we should move on, and that's fine. Okay. Unfortunately, I think uh, we had talked about moving on to the Minnesota uh, Wolves, and uh, oh boy, boy, I just don't know where to start with this one. This is even for me. This is a tough one. This has been a really, really tough year. Uh, it's not about you, Brandon. It's not about you. It's about our dear friend, son, Ricky Rubio. You need to pay attention for him because he's mm. he's having a hard time right now. He's still coming back from from having COVID. Mm. He's 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 getting back into game shape. You got to be there for him because he was always there for you when you were at your lowest point. He did when there were two footprints. And there was only one set sand. of footprints. <laughs> there it is. That's right, Ricky Rubio carrying me. I've got it painted. I got a big mural in my house of Ricky Rubio painting me on the beach or carrying me on the beach. Painting you at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he have to do body paint? Couldn't he have just painted a picture of you? It's a it's mystery. Weird. I don't know. Real it made weird. sense at the time. Uh, I loved it. Um, but no, John, it's been uh, it's been awful. It's been a, a it's living, been. waking nightmare watching the Timberwolves. Uh, do you have any different thoughts or takes, or is there anything that you can do? You th- you think I should just stick around just for Ricky Rubio, who, by the way, is somehow injured now? Um, I see no reason to pay attention to this team, and I'm the only one who cares about them. Well, I'll I'll tell you this though. So this is something that I just found out today. So our good friend Aaron Gleeman posted on on Twitter today that some some particularly damning stats about about our good friend D'Angelo Russell. And I responded to that tweet with mm-hmm. some hopefulness. Just a little saying, bit of hope. Just a, just yeah. a bit. Russell, Russell's stats are terrible. There's no getting around that. But he really is best, uh, best as a compliment to Carl Anthony Towns. And Towns has been out. 
And so maybe had that not been true, that then things would look better for, for Russell particularly. And what ensued from there was a huge number of really big D'Angelo Russell fans jumping Uh-oh. on our, uh, jumping on Aaron for reasons that I can't quite understand. Because I, I guess what I'm saying is you say you're the only one that cares, but that's not true. There seems to be a large contingent of very big D'Angelo Russell fans out there. I call him D'Lo. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. D-lovers. I don't know what anybody could see in him in any regard. Why? I think he's good. He's he's okay. Uh, he makes some fun shots. He's more fun to watch because he's pretty close to the slowest player in the entire league. He's easily the slowest <laughs> guard in the league. Uh, and there's no close second. It's it's sort of mesmerizing to watch. It looked kind of like you out there, you meaning all of us, a regular old person out there, and all of a sudden he does can some shots that are pretty interesting. Shoots it to the rafters every time. So that's super fun. He's left-handed. He's tiny. He weighs 130 pounds. So there's some fun stuff of just like visually seeing him do anything right. You give him a little bit of a bonus for that. But by and large, he gives basically every point that he scores right back to the other team and maybe then some after that. So he's truly been terrible this year. He's had some good games, but he's also had some some really bad games. And sadly, he's our second best player. Uh, it's not good. Um, I just, yes, I watched uh, one quarter of yesterday's game against the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'll just, for fans who aren't paying close attention, the Memphis Grizzlies are bad, and their two best and players were, missing their t- yeah. were not even playing. So they legitimately, I'm not exaggerating at all, were the 29th best team uh, in the league yesterday by far. The only good thing for them was they were playing the 30th best team, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves at full strength. So it's not a good sign. Uh, that they're that uh, unbelievably bad. And it's one of these, it's a weird team roster-wise because if you look at the 10 guys who play, you can talk yourself into any, all 10 of them having potential and could be good players. Um, But in reality, they have one good player in Carl Anthony Towns, two guys who are probably league average players in D'Lo Russell and Malik Beasley. And then one guy, Josh Okoge, who is close to league average because he's good defensively. And then six other dudes who are night in and night out, fucking useless and terrible. And I'm including our friend Ricardo Rubio in that, who's been legitimately, by the numbers and by the eye test, one of the worst players in the entire league. So it's... It's really rough. And the problem is, if you go back and to my original point of, there's 10 guys who do have some skills. They don't have, they're not great, but they've got something to offer. And yet they are close to the worst offense and close to the worst defense. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now because that would involve like me clicking on something six times, which I don't have the energy for. Um, But I mean, they have to be close to 20th to 30th in both off both offense and defense. 
So when you see there's some talent here, there's some ability, kind of if you squint, you can see the value that Nas Reed could bring to a team. And you can kind of see how Rubio has been good in the past. And you can sort of, again, squint and see Jared Vanderbilt has been actually very good uh, for the amount of minutes he's played. And I hate to be the guy because it's very Rube 101, but it, it seems to me very obvious that the number one issue is Ryan Saunders. He should not be at all a coach. He should have been fired yesterday. And so I think that's going to be the new frustration for Wolves fans is, you know, it's a little bit of just having to be patient. They, they are, as I pointed out, they are the youngest team in the entire league. You can't expect a ton from them. But they should be better than this, and I just that's going to be the thing that I think if not if if Wolves fans aren't already pissing and moaning about it on a daily basis, they probably will be soon until it happens because he's just he's really overmatched, and it's not fun to watch a team who's already at their best. The best case is probably like the tenth best team in the Western Conference. Uh still have to flail and be even worse than that because their coach is so bad. So I hope it ends soon. I don't know. John, do you think it will? Well, uh, there's two things to say here. Number one, their first round draft pick in what is supposed to be a pretty good draft next year is only theirs if they're one of the three worst teams in the league. So yep. right now they're on track for that. That's Secondly, true. You mentioned, you mentioned Jared Vanderbilt, who – is extremely fun to watch because between every game he grows two more inches mm-hmm. and his arms get two inches longer. He's like Minute Bull if Minute Bull could jump. It's amazing. He's like the kid in Big who woke up and was an adult and was like, how do I use this body? Right. Yep. It's absolutely, it, it's just fun. And the eye test is not deceiving you on that one. Uh, f- again, on a per minute basis, which is kind of comical because he's been out there for like 100 minutes maybe. But he's been phenomenal. He's been so good. Jim Pete called him uh, Dennis Rodman, and I, I love that. That's about right. <laughs> oh, I love Jim Pete. Yeah, I mean, he's Just like a so sort much of... optimism out of Jim Pete. But the comp is he's a sort a little bit smaller, but intensely rabid defender, rebounder type. I like it. They got they got so many guys who are like basketball Mark Belanger. Omar Vizquel, you know, can't hit at all, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazing fielders. Yes. They got a, a Kogi, no offensive skills of any kind, nope. but amazing defender. Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe they should just play the guys who are good at defense and go for like 61 to 43 wins. Yeah, maybe, because, well, they, they're either all offense or all defense. There is... A case to be made that the only person who's tech, who's generally good at both is Ricky Rubio, and he's not even good at <laughs> offense that much. But he's ends he's up having a good coming, offensive rating because he's a coming good back from COVID right now, and he's awful. Give he's him a break. So bad. Um, but really, Towns, D'Lo, and Beasley are terrible defensively. Uh, Nas Reed is terrible defensively. Uh, and then all the other guys you mentioned are terrible offensively. And then there's Jared Culver, who I don't know. He looks like he had, like, arm transplant surgery. He just, like, yeah. has no idea what to do with his arms. The early season optimism on him has really dropped off the cliff again. It was the two games. They were such a glorious first two games. 
And that's tough. Um, the only other things I would say about the Wolves, mm. um, I'm also a little bit sour because uh, the guy that I wanted to draft, Lamelo Ball, actually is very good. He's he's very good already. Yeah, he's and like but Edwards. Edwards hasn't been that bad, has he? Edwards has been. Um, how would I describe Edwards? Um, uh, one of the probably 10 worst players in the league. Oh, come on. By the numbers, on-off numbers and all that. But fun enough that I'm still excited about his future. Like, he could definitely... There's a bunch of dudes who started out really bad. I mean, he's he's basic, he should be a freshman in college. So the fact that he put up 30 points... Even in one game out of the eleven, and he's put up, he's hit a couple other, a couple uh, probably three, four other good games. That's pretty fun. Like he could be, he could end up being amazing. He plays a lot harder than I think people were worried about. He just doesn't have a feel for the game yet. He looks exactly like a guy who just picked up basketball, which is technically kind of true. Like he was a football guy until right. he was like a ninth grader or something. So he could be good at some point. I think he will be good. He's so unbelievably athletic. That part is fun, um, but Lamelo's really good already. So I'm a little bit sour on that. I recall um, the draft chatter being that the Wolves shouldn't draft Lamelo Ball because his dad is a jackass. Uh huh. I just he is that, still that part he and he still is as far as I know. But boy, that uh, that was something I was not prepared for that level of just you know sports talk radio mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I assume they were all on board with drafting Todd Marinovich at some point back in the 90s. Right? So it's just, yeah. So, oof. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, that's, I, I'll just say, I yeah, hope it's to God ra- that it's, wasn't, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's racist. That's, I'll just say it's racist <laughs> and be done with it. It's obviously racist. So, yeah, anyway. I really hope that had nothing to do with the actual powers that be, but. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, no, no. I'm just talking about your average K fan listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. I get it. The other take I wanted to uh, put out there into the world, even though I know nobody uh, actually really cares about any of this, but I do. Damn it. Uh, there have been um, a number of of folks who should know better claiming that Andrew Wiggins on the Golden State Warriors is good now. And I see some articles of, oh, he's really locking these guys down defensively. He's a good third piece, whatever. Uh, No, it's all wrong. Andrew Wiggins is still horseshit. He's a terrible player. They're better without him than with him. And he's owed $100 million uh, over the next three years. Now, D'Lo is also not very good. But Andrew Wiggins is more expensive and way more frustrating. And we should not for a second be mournful or regretful that that trade happened. We do not have to watch Andrew Wiggins anymore. Hallelujah. I love this level of grudge out of you, Brandon. That's what I want to see out of you. Just I a just, total it, grudge. Yeah. I just can't believe anybody who's... But it's one of those things where it's we should probably come up with some sort of person who had these high expectations, like for an example, but had these crazy high expectations. And now if Andrew Wiggins puts his shoes on the right feet, people are like, hey, 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 he's figuring it out. Look, he's tying his own shoes. Look at him. 
He tied his own shoes before the game. Andrew Wiggins is good now. It's like there's such low expectations on him that anything he does mildly good, they're heaping praise on him. They just said one game, like, he had five blocks one game without pointing out that he was still, like, the worst plus-minus in the team and the team's losing and his per is, like, 12, whatever. They just had to point out that he had five blocks for some reason. Per is player efficiency rating. Yes, and he's bad at that. <laughs> he's a player who is inefficient. Correct. Yeah. So it's just annoying. It's annoying to me. He's a grown-up. He, he's making hundreds of millions of dollars. You can call it like it is. He sucks at basketball. Big deal. He doesn't give a shit, clearly. Why do we? I love that Stu just jumped into that, like the footnote in a children's book. That was nice. That was good. <sighs> okay. Should we move on? We should. Okay, good. Um, well, damn it. I'm looking at the agenda. Now I have to rant again. Um, I saw an article today about a new idea for the DH that they're still hemming and hawing about because last year they went to a universal DH, and this year they're not sure if they want to keep that. So there's a new proposal on board. Um, and have, are either of you familiar with this new proposal for the DH? Was this the Jason Stark proposal? It's the Jason Stark proposal. Yes. Yes, I am familiar. I am not familiar, Brandon. Okay, on, so the please. new the new proposal is instead of universal DH, well, what happened is you have a DH for your starting pitcher, and then once you remove your starting pitcher, that DH also gets removed, and then now the pitcher has to hit for himself, apparently. Or at that point, it'll probably just be pinch hitters, whatever. So you only get your DH if your starting pitcher stays in. And a bunch of people think this is a good idea. And I want to tell all those people right now, it's the stupidest fucking idea I've ever heard of in my life. And I just was talking about people praising Andrew Wiggins. It's even (laughs) stupider than praising Andrew Wiggins. There's nothing good about it. I hate it more than anything. I see no upside. And I'm mad. I'm angry. It's been why? Why do you hate it so much? Okay, I, I I don't like it either that much, but I don't hate it as much as you do. I think it's one of those things that I'm extra sensitive about because it offends my sensibilities as much as it in action. So the things that really bothered me just just out in the world are like solving a problem without identifying the problem and then the solution doesn't actually solve like just logically there's not a whole lot of things like for my job in my real life job i work on strategy marketing strategy but strategy like all day long Uh, and we have to think about like the very principle of anything is let's start with a problem and identify what is the actual problem and I the think, Democrats stole the presidential election, so you had a rally on January 6th. How did that go? So that's the actual problem here, right? No. Um, and so I think mo- so many things in, in all of walks of life, business and sports, whatever, we start talking solutions before we actually think about the problem. I'm sorry I'm not trying to get too dorky here, but like, what actually are people concerned about? Is it that starting pitchers aren't going deep enough into games? Is that the problem that they've identified? Because that's not actually a problem for the sport of baseball. It's not making the games last longer. It's not making... There is no actual problem there unless you're a starting pitcher, I suppose. 
that's the only starting pitchers aren't going deep enough in games. So already I'm angry. Like, does having an opener, if that helps you win the game, does that ruin the sport of baseball for any actual objective reason? I don't think so. So there, so I'm already mad. There is no problem. And then what is the actual thing that they're trying to solve with this? Like, having a, this weird tie to it is not going to actually make the game any faster, which is what people are complaining about. It's not going to cause any uh, there to be any more balls in play or action or drama, which is what people are talking about. So it doesn't actually solve any fucking thing at all. All it does is it appeases old people who are scared to death of change, right? So for some reason, this like is a this half measure that makes people feel better about not just having a DH. Like just having a DH for some reason is so bad to them they'd rather do this this bullshit. So I hate the I hate it on just the principle of like I don't know what the problem is that you're solving and I'm not sure if this is solving any of the problems that you'd be able to throw my way anyway. So that sucks. That's step 1, John. That's what makes me angry. Okay. Couple other things that bother me. Uh it's complicated, right? It's a very complicated thing to be like, well, this guy's coming out in the fourth inning, and then that means this guy was due up second the next inning, but that guy's missing, so they're going to do a double switch, and now the, the pitcher will be hitting up ninth the next inning, and the guy now hitting second will be the new right fielder. They got you know all that sort of bullshit that they pretend is strategy is not strategy at all. That's just, that's just paperwork. That's not, <laughs> that's not strategy. There's no strategic... <laughs> anything in that that's just we have to take this picture out but this guy's gonna be batting second well i don't fucking know i mean i feel like we got to take him out let's just do it that's paperwork there's the difference and so i can't imagine not like we should maybe we don't have to do the thing where we only care about what casual fans would think because i know that's you and chicken fingers john talk about this with hockey all the time right there's so many of these dumb tweaks to appease fans who actually don't care about the game just care about the diehards right so, but I still think casual fans should be a consideration, and there's no way on earth a casual fan, if you're talking to them and you explain it, they're going to be like, oh, cool. They're going to be like, what are you talking? I'm out. I don't have any idea what you just said. I don't care that the guy for, that was up second is now going to be up ninth, and now the new right fielder is going to be batting second, and that's, I'm done. I'm out. So, so it's more complicated, and it's not actually Here's- strategy. So that's... Those are the those are the big things, and I also would say, John, before I turn it over to you, is this would easily lead to more blowouts. Right. Sucks. All right. So I have two things to say about this, and neither of them are really counterpoints, but they're they're sort of additional points. Number one, this is a stupid idea, but it's not nearly as stupid as the runner on second base and extra innings. So oh, it's a it thousand has, times worse. It has that going for it. Number two, I, I like the idea of a lot of teams taking their starting pitcher out but not wanting to lose the DH and so making their starting pitcher play left field. I think that has the potential for comedy. <laughs> there, I, so I will grant you I'm the comedy board. angle. I did not look at this from a comedy angle. You might be right. I want to see more more comedy. Helpless starting pitchers playing left field yep. in the major leagues with those flip down sunglasses because that's the last time they yep. actually played left field. They had those. <laughs> they borrowed them from 
somebody's dad who played outfield in 1983. Mike Greenwell's in the stands. Grab those. Yeah. They got Rex Specs on for some reason. Hell yeah. Yeah. So That's those it? are my the comedy I, like angle? I say, they're not they're not counterpoints. They're just additional points. I just cannot believe that actual people are taking this seriously as a good idea. It doesn't help anything, any matters at all. Think about the actual problems. The game is slow as shit. The ball is never in play. And every game looks the same because every team is trying to do the same damn thing as just trying to hit home runs the entire time. Figure that shit out. This has nothing to do with any of that. This isn't going to make the game faster. It's not going to have more action. It's not going to do shit for anybody. I did I did see that they're talking about potentially in introducing sticky baseballs like they have in Japan and Korea. Okay. That I'm will... down with that. <laughs> I don't even know what that I, does, but I'm down. I like sticky well, baseballs, the, more curveballs. The point seems to be that everybody is already cheating, so you might as well try to try to make it so not everybody has to cheat because, honestly, Level it's playing, getting yeah. ridiculous. Who's uh, – I'm, t- I'm completely blanking on his name now. And Trevor who, who's the – who was the Indians' number one guy last year? Uh, Plesak? Yeah, it was Dan Plesak. So Dan Plesak, who was the number one starter for Cleveland last year. Greg Swindell. He would pitch, and it was – he's throwing pitches that nobody in Major League history has ever been able to throw because it's impossible to do it without putting super glue on your fingers. Shane Bauer. But – no, not Trevor Bauer. He's in Cincinnati now. Shane something. Yeah, you fucking anyway. idiot. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but I do know it's not Trevor Bauer. Carlos uh, Carrasco. Anyway, Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, it was Fausto Carmona. <laughs> Why can I remember Fausto Carmona, but not the name of the best starting pitcher in the league? Anyway. It was Zach um, Not His dad was Dan Plesak. That's who you're thinking of. Oh, Okay. Anyway, so it's it's clearly gotten ridiculous. Yeah, and that's, okay, it, that seems to be the point of the the sticky baseballs. That's and still not I making think, the game faster, and it's not having the ball in play more often. That's what. Well, I, care I think about. it would be. I think it would be probably true that a sticky baseball would not fly as far, which would reduce the reduce the incentive to swing for the fences, I it's guess? It's possible, but I have seen that uh, when guys put some grip on the ball uh, illegally, their spin rate uh, on curves uh, increases, which gives it more movement, but they do keep the same velocity. So it's a little bit different, though. It's only 60 feet, whatever. There might not be. So I don't know. Maybe I it just... doesn't go as far. And that's cool. I guess not going as far as of a, the ball. That's, that's something, I guess. I don't know. It, it, the system now is stupid. It, you got yeah. guys like Justin Verlander and Ryan Presley that go to Houston, and even though they're veterans, suddenly they got 6,000 more revs on their curveball or whatever. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, it's obvious what's happening, but we don't talk about it because everybody in the league's doing it. It's just, okay, back to my original point. Just do the motherfucking universal DH, okay? It's it's more fun. It's simple. Simple should be the key to so many of these rules. Keep it simple. And also, we just need to understand, like all of us have done now, 
pitching and hitting are two different things. You don't need to be able to do both of them. They used to be football players. I'm guessing they used to be like quarterback and middle linebacker. And then we realized like, oh, they're two different things. We don't need to be the same thing anymore. So right. shut up about it and do the universal DH. The end. I hit my gavel. Didn't Case didn't closed. we once decide on this podcast that each team should be able to bat just six guys? Six guys. Like love it. If they wanted, you can just have a six man lineup. Better offense, better defense. Lock it in, baby. You know how many good, like amazing shortstops there are that can't hit at all, that just don't get to play because we make them hit? Just have them field. Fielding only. All right. All right. We should move on. We should move on. Um, Definitely. Okay, dad life, real quick. Uh, we have to survive another couple months. Hopefully just another few months. It's going to get warm. We can go outside again. But we do have this last sort of like lockdown happening. Um, I'm curious on what you're doing, if anything, strategically, strategically to, uh, to survive this last few months. What's your plan? Are you locking down? Do you have a date well, line that you're going to get out of the bunker? Are you go, Are you trying to get back into society? What's your deal? I'll tell you this, Brandon. So last weekend was the first weekend of NFL football playoffs. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a minute of football, but I did see the movie Cars twice. So that's oh, no. how my lockdown's going. Wow. Mm. Your kids, uh, you got to watch. Uh, you got to watch movies with the kids, huh? Well, the problem is. They are both too young to be enamored by a random hockey game or something. And believe me, I've tried. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of the Octonauts. It's a lot of Pixar movies. Okay. I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie Frozen 2 so many times. It's it's unconscionable. You you don't have your uh, pull up the game on your phone as you're watching, as you're cuddling with the kids watching, and then a a side view for... Dad screen? You don't well, have the dad screen? Unfortunately, now the the youngest is old enough to cause havoc. So mm-hmm. even if you're watching a show with the my daughter, who is four and a half now, she can be trusted to sit there and just vegetate out in front of the television. But my son is still attempting to destroy everything in our home. So yeah, my son's it's really too. not yeah, it's really not a really not a calm a calm thing even when both kids are staring at the tv yep you're in the meat grinder as we've said yep. a couple more yep. years a couple more years a couple more years yeah just yeah. a few more i've got the dad screen going now so it's it's better for me okay so what age a... did you start with the dad screen Ooh. do you remember mm, mm, I, mm, i'd like mm. to know an exact date if possible i think your youngest once he's four four I'm going to say four. They can really lock into At that point, you maybe buy them a tablet for Christmas, and then they can watch movies on their own, and then Dad gets the big screen, potentially. Now, that's uh, you might not want to do that. That's fine. You may, I don't know, care about your kid's future. We've given up. We gave our kids tablets, and they just get to do what they want. And, you know, it's limited amount of time, but, uh, you know, we cut it down to only 15 hours a day. Anything beyond that, I think, is irresponsible as parents. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, you just keep it at fifteen, and and they'll they'll yeah. turn out okay. Oh yeah, totally fine. Yeah, but four they can lock in 
to uh, to the movie or the TV show, or whatever they want to watch, and you can do your own thing with again a side, you know, your computer on the side with whatever you want to watch, and then it works out okay. Yeah, and then you have um, your phone up to like tweet about it. Keep yeah. your texts going, so you can totally not pay attention to your kids. It's pretty 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 slick, honestly. One thing, John, you're gonna you're gonna really love when they get old enough. You can take them to a movie. And they'll, I think that four or five, old enough where they're not just going to start wandering away in the darkness. They kind of, they understand their bearings and they know how to stay close to you. And then what you do is you go to a movie theater that sells beer. You buy a beer. You drink the beer in like 45 seconds flat. And before the movie is started, you're asleep. And you get to take like a two and a half hour nap and you wake up and they're like, that was amazing. They haven't moved because they're just spellbound by this movie and you feel refreshed. Oh, God. It's it's one of the purest naps uh, you'll ever take in your life. Uh, I just can't wait till you get to that phase. That's a really good phase. Boy, it's been a while since I slept through a movie been a while. because I was drinking. Been a while. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> No, uh, the guilt-free children's movie nap is, I never saw it coming, and it ended up being one of my favorite things. <laughs> I, I I literally can't wait. Not yeah. only to take a nap in a movie theater, but to go to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. amazing. There's a lot of like, oh, movies are dead. No one's going to go to movies anymore, even with Get, get Back. I feel like that's going to be one of the first things that comes back immediately it's just such a uh part of our lives that makes so much sense to want to do uh i can't imagine the movie industry suffering long term i could be wrong but that to me feels like yep get those back immediately and and i'll and i'll go back right once it's once it's safe right yeah uh what about you Stu? how are you surviving just you know (laughs) grinding not uh not every doing day, a whole lot, yeah. Just every day, right. just logging on, rise and grind. Yep, uh, going from the couch to the desk to the kitchen island and back. Um, I switch from work computer to home computer, mm-hmm. and boy, it's 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 a lot mentally. I think mm-hmm. I realize that my my brain is. I mean, already, I think listeners may have gathered that my brain doesn't work like most people's brains. But it's really just, it's, the isolation really is getting to me, I think. And I know that it's still a few months away from um, even being close to better. And Mm -hmm. it may very well get worse here over the next few months. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not great. No, no. I've certainly got, I mean, I, I, I'm well aware that I'm employed and healthy and my family is healthy and also employed and it's that's great but boy this is just it's again it's it's a mental thing and it's not easy and it's it's rough man is it the lack of face-to-face seeing seeing peeps the extrovert in you that's that's really taking the toll yes the ex the extrovert i never knew i had in me is it's Mm -hmm. it's clearly there yeah, I think that's an interesting thing is we all know exactly how extroverted we are now. Yeah. 
Yeah. The um, like, man, I love canceling plans part of me. Yeah. Well, when you got to do that for 10 months straight, that part goes away. Yep. Yeah. It's, and then yeah. I'd love just, to go to takes... a shitty work happy hour right now. I'd love to oh. go to a holiday party I don't really want to go to. Right. Yeah. A yeah. chain Mexican restaurant with free chips. Oh, and the chips mar- and salsa. And a margarita that just gives you a heartburn right away. That would be <laughs> Two awesome. Sips I in. would love that so much right now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I know. It's, and it's, 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 tough, it's you know, you can, I think a lot of us have done the thing. We're like, oh, well, we'll have a bonfire and we'll have it. But it takes so much work and effort just to do the regular thing that used to be easy, which is just seeing some people. Yeah. And so hopefully pretty soon here, whether it's the weather gets a little bit warmer so you can go for walks with people pretty easily right now, it's just, Jesus, it's impossible. Not impossible, yeah. but I mean, it's, yeah, the takes everything decent, out of you. But it's just like slushy and gross. And yeah, you take the dog out and that's that's your escape. You take the dog out for like an hour over lunch. That's kind of been my thing. Yeah. That's so that's my been my coping mechanism and. I know we got a snowstorm coming in right now, so that's probably taking that away tomorrow. So that's going to be not great, but you know. Yep. Again, I have it better than ninety-nine percent of the people in the world, and I'm I'm very cognizant of that. But mm-hmm. I just fucking miss people, man. Yep. March seventeenth, daylight Saint savings Patrick's time. Day. It's going to get lighter. Oh. It'll be warmer. Saint Patrick's Day. Saint Patrick's Day. Just shirt off. Fucking <laughs> like a Homer hanky above your head. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, the way I'm surviving is, um, as we mentioned earlier, is I'm a pond hockey dad now. I didn't see it coming, man, but I'm very excited. Um, and or as what, as as one what brought person, that on? <clears throat> what brought it on? Uh, a couple yeah, different what... things. Um. Number one, selfishly, um, I've been trying to do my best to just keep things simple, but move my body every day. That's what I say. I'm going to move my body a little bit. And uh, it's hard in, when you're sitting indoors to do that, as you guys know. Like, it's, it's tough. And, but I was, so I was trying to, like, talk myself into, like, being an outdoor walker, outdoor runner type. But I don't like walking. I don't like running. I don't like cross-country skiing. It's miserable for me. Grew up playing hockey, so I always liked doing that. I was just staring off into my front yard the other day, and I, I live on a pond, and the pond was completely unused. There was not a snow track on this pond, and it was just like lightning bolt sort of thing of like, what on earth am I doing? I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old who are extremely rambunctious young kids or basically like puppies who never got out of the puppy stage. They need to be walked every day. They need to burn off some energy. I've got absolute. I've got a gigantic ice rink in front of my yard. I grew up playing hockey. I know and love pond hockey. What kind of an asshole dad would I be to not do that? Right. To not at least teach my kids how to skate. So immediately uh, bought them both skates. Uh, and, or no, actually, we had skates. We had gotten some for Christmas. So that was also like kind of a built-in thing. Walked out there, shoveled it off, and started skating. And it was that simple. You know, the one thing that's, that's interesting that I've always loved about basketball is it's pretty simple. You just need a hoop and a ball, and you're 
you're good to go. Like that's whereas hockey, like organized hockey, you think about how complicated it is. I don't know if you guys grew up playing hockey, but holy shit, there's five thousand things you need to buy, right? There's skates, there's shin pads, there's breezers, there's shoulder pads, there's elbow pads, there's a helmet, there's a mouth guard, there's different visors, whatever else, and it ends up being really complicated. But pond hockey is the exact opposite of that. Like you shovel off some ice, shovel off a lake, grab some skates and an old stick, and if you can find those things easy and cheap if you want to. Um, so it's the perfect sort of scenario for a bunch of different reasons. And uh, I, I, I kind of, I think that Danielle and I are kind of at the risk of being these parents who like our kid mentions one thing that they're mildly interesting in, interested in, and we're like, well, we are gonna go all in on that. You said you liked someone playing the guitar. Let's buy you a guitar and get you some lessons and get you, you know, whatever, right? So I know that we are, we have that. It's, it's just sort of a dorky parenting thing that we do. So part of me was worried that. I was going to do this, all this stuff, and they weren't going to take to, to pond hockey either, and they were going to be annoyed and whatever, but they liked it so far, so it's a blast. It's been it's been super fun. It's been like 10 days or something, So, but they've like asked to go out. It's great exercise. You get to go outside. You can very easily host pals. You're not like, you know, it's, a, it's an outdoor activity. You can wear a mask very easily. You probably should be anyway because it's cold out, and you can see people again. It's fucking amazing. It like solves 20 different problems at once. One simple thing. Shovel off a lake and go skate on it. I love it. So good. Yeah, one of my one of my friends lives on a lake out in western Minnesota and he's got four boys who are I think the oldest is about 8 and Jesus they're Christ. about as yeah, they're they're about <laughs> as rambunctious as your sons. Yeah, it's 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 quite the quite the group, but they are they are out skating all the time, and one of them is you, you can't get them off the lake, and I'm just I'm super jealous because we like most people we don't live on a, a lake or a pond, and so there's some work involved if we're gonna go skate, and yeah, I think it would be I think it would be super fun. Yeah, I I know exactly how lucky I am. It's it's really absolutely incredible that I just have a pond in front of my house. We didn't buy this for that place. It just ended up being uh, pretty lucky. The other thing I'll say that's really perfect about pond hockey is, and maybe it's just uh, the way I think about it, but like you can play it for like basically an entire day. I don't know if you've, you know, it's not like this very intense activity where you do it for. 20 minutes and you're done like going out for a run you can you can skate for hours and hours and hours if the weather's right right and as parents as dads you know most of this is just running out the clock <laughs> almost every single day is like oh jesus how am i gonna get to eight o'clock it's two o'clock on a saturday what, what am i gonna do for six hours and you can fill all that time with hockey if your kids take to it so i am um, i'm pretty pumped about that I remember one time in the winter, I went to I went to a friend's cabin and we played broom ball for about fourteen hours one day, and it yeah. was as as much fun the last hour as it was the first hour. Yeah, yep. It's brief moments of intensity, and then you can take a break and drink two or three beers and get back yep. out there if you feel like it. And if you don't want to, it's whatever. It's it's just really fun. So. But again, it's still survival mode, just like Stu. I'm kind of the same thing of just like 
trying to get to a point where we can see some people. And I'm not asking for much. Like, I'm not asking to go to a packed first half and scream at the top of my lungs singing, but like a couple people for a dinner party, having them over and feeling comfortable, that little stuff will be, you know, hopefully, hopefully it can happen again relatively soon. So we'll see. Okay, uh, I think we've stalled enough. Uh, the last thing we wanted to do tonight was, uh, I'll just let Stu take it from here, but wanted to say goodbye to uh, to our old friend Josh, who we uh, tragically lost um, a few weeks ago. And uh, and again, Stu, I'll just, uh, the floor is yours. Okay. Uh, so the uh, couple... I think it was Monday, uh, the White Sox signed a uh, former twin, Liam Hendricks. You guys remember Liam, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Once lost about 23 games in a row. Yeah, Old exactly. For the twins. And now he's like super good. And yep. um, the twins, I think right now are in that off-season mode where they're spending time in like Mark Coyle's sensory deprivation condo. Or they're just, <laughs> you're just not going to get word one from them. And, Can't uh, be contacted. Exactly. Can't so. be found. So I saw the Hendrix news and like muscle memory. I grabbed my phone to uh, text uh, my buddy Josh about it because that's he's a dork for, you know, hot stove shit. He played fantasy rotisserie baseball and shit. And then that's one of the things. Oh, yeah. Josh died. Um, the uh, people who've been the longtime sportive listeners and God help all of you. Uh, uh, know that Josh was a guest on here a couple of times, actually guest hosted a couple of times when I lived in St. Cloud. Um, his name was Josh Fiddler. I called him Josh Fiddler and he never corrected me, but it's Fiddler because um, he's a nice guy. He never would correct me about that because, you know, mensch. Um, in uh, December, he passed away while exercising. It was like two days after his daughter's birthday. So it just was everything awful you can think uh the family uh which is Vidalia his daughter and his wife Liz um they're still waiting on an autopsy to find out exactly what happened but with like the COVID um era workloads and Stearns County is like the bright glowing orange epicenter of the rural Minnesota COVID outbreak it's probably not going to be for another month or two yet before they find out what happened uh he was 39 years old and that's just, again, I can't tell you how much that sucks. Um, the phrase, people throw the word, I mean, you've heard the phrase Renaissance man before. And it mostly gets, mm-hmm. it's this, it's used on guys who like drink brandy out of snifters and they're wearing a smoking <laughs> jacket. And you find out like decades later, he was sexually harassing the butler. That type of thing. That's that. Um, so that sort of ruined the whole um, phrase. But um, if it if it could be ever be rectified and saved, it would be for Josh because uh, he actually was that type of guy. He was like a farm. Well, he was a farm kid from St. Wendell Township, um, and he's you know he knew all about the hard work inherent in that type of life and how you sort of get underestimated by city folk when they find out where you're from and. Uh, he also was like an educated man. He went to like St. John's, a full on, you know, unapologetic Johnny. And he got a taste of that, like underestimation you get from country folk when they find out you went to a private school. So he sort of saw both 
both sides of that life and it sort of it, he handled it with a plum in my opinion um I really can't begin to tell you all of the things that Josh had an interest in, much less a depth of knowledge that would surprise me every time we talked about things. Um, I Let me pull this up here. I, I, I've tried to write down a, like a short list that ended up being really long, but this is an incomplete <laughs> list of things that he was really passionate about, had a depth of knowledge about, or could just talk your ear off about for like at least 10 to 15 minutes uninterrupted over a beer. Um, baseball, outlaw country, politics, offensive line blocking schemes, tractors mm. that are bo both in the modern and antique sense of tractors, <laughs> stock cars, buffalo wings, salty snacks, and the ratings of the salty snacks. Oh. Um, perfecting salsa and Bloody Mary recipes that he would make yep. himself in his garage. Um, scouting breweries near places where Liz was running a 10K <laughs> <laughs> um, so he could have something to do while she did it. Um, St. John's football, obviously. Uh, he would guest DJ on a low wattage or a low frequency classic country station in St. Cloud so he could play like Merle Haggard and shit. Um, craft beer, also the horrible beers that you can get in like a 30 pack for $7.99. He had an equal appreciation for both. God help him on that last one. Um, the church mm -hmm. on Sunday, local history, livestock. Um, there's like 400 things I'm leaving out, and I'm, his friends can vouch for that. I am not overhyping his uh, um, knowledge on those type of things, because this podcast would go on forever if I were to write them all down. And uh, he, you know, he probably knew a ton of like about microwave oven assembly and maintenance. We just never got around to talking about it. <laughs> That's just was he um, he definitely knew all of he, that i'm so, i have absolutely yeah. no doubt that yeah, he absolutely, knew everything about that yeah and i'm um you know in summation and before i you know cry on here about something that isn't sports um josh left the world a better place for him being in it and he just you know he left too fucking soon and i am gonna miss him so I'm gonna open a beer. It's and I'm gonna it's cheer so, some up. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I I looked at my phone the other day. I checked my voicemails, and it, I was just one of a million people who knew Josh somewhat well, and all like literally almost all of the voicemails on my phone are from Josh, partially because. He was the only person left in the world who would leave you a voicemail on your phone <laughs> instead of texting you because he was old school. Mm -hmm. But some of those voicemails were from earlier this year. I was or earlier, I guess this would be last year. Now I was looking for looking for a new job, and I was interviewing with a company that was sort of a sister company to his. And you know, most people would just be like, "Yeah, I'll I'll put you in touch with a guy," or "Yeah, I'll put a good word in for you." But he like called multiple times he was always driving somewhere and he would like call and coach me and he didn't have to do any of that stuff he's he's just a guy that i i know from from this podcast and from the internet but he's just there there aren't that many people like that no in the world there aren't that many people that want uh, want to help so bad that they'll they'll help you with anything i would i mean it's just he was he was different than almost everybody I knew. 
And I didn't even, I didn't know him near as well as Stu did. I didn't know him near as well as probably a thousand people did. But the world is, like Stu said, the world is worse without him in it. It's incredible how much impact you can make just by being a great person to the people around you. And, you know, there's this very, I think, a, a good quote. I don't know if it's by Toni Morrison or somebody, or Maya Angelou maybe, but... People will forget what you did, forget what you said, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. It's been co-opted by a bunch of, you know, it's on signs and pillows and all that shit now, but it, Josh was like the perfect epitome of that, right? Like every single person who talked about him, all they're really remembering was like, he was the most encouraging person. He was like every single person's dream father to even his best friends. He pumped you up, John, you mentioned uh, when it happened of, he always made you feel a thousand feet tall. And that's yeah. true for every single person that we have heard from. Stu, I know you, one thing that was really uh, just loved to hear was people just reaching out to you through DM or, or, or any other way of, of other memories about Josh. These little tiny moments here and there that, uh, that again, they feel small at the time, but they, they last with people forever. He just made every single person he talked to that we know of and and for sure in our in our experience with him too, it just felt amazing being around him. And he was just everything, every small thing. Yes, he was on this podcast, but he also offered to drive a long way to my house because I had young kids and he didn't have any at the time. Not only did he offer to drive out my way, he also prepared a bunch of stuff to talk about. He also brought a variety pack of beers that he knew that I would like, came in, talked to my wife, no one does stuff like this. I certainly don't do stuff, anything to that regard. And that wasn't even one of the million best things that he ever did. And uh, it really is just a tribute to um, what you can do if you set your life to treating people right and, and treating them well and, and just pumping all your everybody up that you care about. And he did that. And uh, it really is just uh, just a miraculous thing for him to have done in, in a short time. So. Uh, we are all, of course, going to miss him uh, very much. He, I mean, he liked this podcast, for God's sake. What could be more encouraging than that? It's it's him and our moms. That's it. Nobody likes this podcast. Why would they? <laughs> no reason. But he did. Yeah, and encouraged us, and it made it it made it better to do this podcast because Josh liked it. Yeah, we're very lucky to have known him. Very thankful. <laughs> Stewie, you still there? Yeah, just, you know, staring into the middle distance. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up there and just say goodbye to our friend. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will talk to you very soon. Goodbye. Later. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.